This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by Black Belt CBD. If you're into CBD products or you want to try CBD products, go to blackbeltcbdproducts.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST25. You'll get 25% off. They have everything an athlete needs or wants. Even if you're not an athlete, you're a blue-collar worker, or if you sit on your ass all day, you must get aches and pains. This works for everybody. You could use it. Don't worry. You won't get high. It's very low THC, not enough to even get a, a baby high. So you're good to go. You, like I said, use promo code THEPODCAST25. Visit blackbeltcbdproducts.com. And if you're a woman, that's what happens to be listening to the show. Go to poppyapparel.com. If you like to shop online, they have everything that a woman needs or wants, any shape or size, any type of season, any gear, anything you want, accessories, they have it all. Like I said, use promo code THEPODCAST with a capital D. You'll get 10% off. They ship worldwide, and it's free shipping if you spend more than $50. And also go to firstrow.ca. This is a Canadian company that I love to support. They're out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. They are first row collectibles. They update daily on their website. If you use promo code THEPODCAST20, you'll get 20% off. They ship within North America, so for all you American listeners, listeners it's all in canadian funds so it's a little bit cheaper for you like i said they update daily this is anything in nerd culture pretty much or everyday pop culture uh, i guess you could say they have everything from wrestling from sports memorabilia comic books figures signed everything you could think of they have it all so go to firstrow.ca and if you want to support me directly go to my merchandise store at tpublic.com if you're smart enough you can scroll at the bottom of your device it's embedded right there click on that link it takes you right to the website right to my page they have every, we have everything i don't know we have pillows phone cases t-shirts tank tops onesies doesn't matter anything you need or want I have it there. That supports me directly. And lastly, the most important thing, please go rate, subscribe, review. People have no idea. This is the most easiest thing you could do. Free of charge takes you two seconds, and it's the thing that could help us all podcasters out the most. Most importantly, it's Apple Podcasts. They're the big one. But also Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. So on to this week's guest. He hosts the Rocket League Championship Series. He is also a host and produces Squad, which you could catch on Amazon Prime, amongst other places. Just Google it nowadays. You can find everything. It doesn't matter. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brody Moore. 
Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for <clears throat> thanks for having me on, dude. Not a problem. What's up with you? Uh, well, you mentioned it there. <laughs> Those two shows have been taking, <laughs> taking up a lot of my time lately. Um, I've been uh, been grinding when the R- RLCS season on <clears throat> is on. It's uh, it's a good two months uh, of, of grinding, going out to LA every weekend, and then flying back um, f- to to film stuff for for squad during the weekdays, and then uh, and then right back on the weekend. So kind of a non-stop schedule but you know it's it's uh, it's great we get the once it's done you know i get the breaks i got some time off over uh over holidays usually so um it uh, you just got to push you the grind but yeah it definitely starts to starts to wear on you a bit at the end when you know you're always constantly talking in front of the lights and stuff so when i'm at home i got the lights off all the time <laughs> okay before we get into rocket league and squad and all that okay first off just traveling explain this to me how do you go back and forth from literally i guess i'm assuming you fly out of toronto to la how do you constantly do this how, how are you stay sane how are you not gone crazy how are you able as a man to do this <laughs> uh i guess i mean like i'll give, I'll give longer answers too it's like uh to dive deep into it it was it wasn't i, I wasn't able to do it at the beginning okay. um a few seasons ago um, was when I first started doing both of these shows at the same time okay. um, and, and grinding them both out. And um, I ended up doing, it was like 60 to 70 days straight of either a traveler being on a camera. And uh, it got to me to the point where uh, RLCS season was done. I uh, I did another week of squad and then I told them i I'm on the edge of a breakdown right now. I don't want it to happen at work because nobody deserves to to be yelled at or anything. Like I know I'm mm. I'm there. You know when you're just mentally on the edge of something you've been pushed to the limit and you just know there's a breakdown coming. Right. I knew it was coming. So I had to uh, I had to chill out. I had to take a week off squad and just literally do nothing in my place. Try to get some sleep. Try to just you know two days of literally doing nothing. Maybe playing a little video games. Sure. Then uh, you know the next few days clean up my place so then I could eventually get my my head back in place. Then I did another season of it where I knew it was coming and um, it still kind of hit me, but it wasn't hard. I think cause I was mentally prepared for it. Right. And this is the next season of doing that. So it's like, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a bit better now. Um, the hardest part was always, you know, just flying and not being able to do anything. So mm. I'm just glad recently I got um, also godsend is netflix downloads <laughs> right <theory>. uh, for <laughs> airplanes um so i've just been i've been crushing through um i got my switch so i've been playing doom and then I got, i've been watching uh haikyuu it's an anime um okay. on netflix so that's been keeping me keeping me sane in mode actually haikyuu i feel like is, is a big turning point in my life lately I, i'm su- i don't know Ooh. how it's an anime about volleyball but it's changing my life dude i have okay. no idea how it's just it's so motivational like it's 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 changing everything for me. And that's that's actually no word of a lie, but helping me grind along a lot lately. That's Chris. Okay, I, the listeners know I'm not into any sort of anime. I guess, the, like I mentioned in the past on an episode, the closest anime on Netflix that I would that I got into was probably Castlevania, but that's not really considered anime. I guess oh, just... I love Castlevania. Right? It's just, I guess the art style is more towards anime, right? But storytelling... Voice acting, yeah. Right? Voice so. acting is what got me. It was so crisp. I know. No kidding. And the storytelling. Like, this is a great rendition of a video game series. Yeah. Like, I had all kinds of people, like, I talked with this with Steve Tilly the other day, too, on an old episode that we... There's no good video game adaptation into a, either yeah. a TV series or a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, you're right. I think Castlevania is one of the... And, and it's an anime, too. It's But it's one of the best adaptations that we've ever seen for a uh, 
for a video game. Like I don't think right. cause usually usually they're they're the big poo poo. Um, <laughs> but oh, I actually think season three is out now. Shut up! Um, don't say that. I hope so. Yeah, um, which is great. But yeah, no, I'm not really like a super anime guy myself. Okay. Um, and I, there's only a few, very few animes that I that I watch. A lot of them end up doing a lot of the same cliche tropey stuff. Um, so it's just hard for me to watch. But and there's a lot of filler in a lot of them. But um, I found a couple that have kind of just kind of just as a, a piece of media that I've been able to connect with. And Heku's the one recently that that really has got my my friend doesn't even like it. Like he doesn't watch anime at all. Right. And he's hooked on this anime right now. Oh, so maybe I'll take a, a gander into it, as they say. Maybe I'll... It's just really well written. Uh, I see. But is it English or is it English subtitles? Like, it has it? both. I okay. only ever watch with subtitles. I prefer really? the Japanese voice actors because okay. a lot of times the English actors are are, are not that good because they, they budget for the, the film, but then not for the, <laughs> the English voice actors. Um, <clears throat> my buddy is watching in English and he says it's it's not that bad. So okay, so yeah, I'll I'll try it on it because I hate reading. Again, go, uh, going to Portugal every summer, every, all the movies and all the TV shows because they the, Portugal was is like a poor country. There's like I shouldn't say third world, but it's poor. Like you know what I mean? And they don't have the budget to get actors to dub everything. Yeah. So everything is just cheaper. Obviously, hire one person and to just type everything out, right? So <laughs> I hate watching movies with subtitles, anything because all I, all I can remember is going back to Portugal and seeing this always on my screen. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I, I I don't mind it too much, just because again, because of what I mentioned, there are some enemies. That's why I said I'll watch Castlevania in English because right. it's the voice acting. They paid big bucks for for those voice actors. Yeah, you right? they, they made sure that it it still tells the story. But sometimes you'll you'll come across an, an anime and it's great, but then there's one voice actor that's bad, and it it just ruins the moment, right? And yep. and I just don't. I so I like to experience it as it was originally made. But I've gotten really fast at uh, at reading subtitles, so it, it doesn't bother me. But teacher own, I understand it. But yeah, my co-casters will only watch things in English. <laughs> yeah, as for well. sure, for sure. Okay, let's get back to RLCS then. How did? Because sure. again, I'm not okay. Everyone knows I'm not into esports, and we'll get all into this. So I'm like literally a newbie, a beginner, whatever you want to call it. Green, it doesn't matter. I'm, I could hold my own in video games, but I could never. I never thought I could actually be professional. You, you know what I'm saying? Because I've been playing yeah. video games since like the Coleco days, right? So that. Yeah. So I sort of know what's what's going on, but I'm not into competitive gaming because I again I'm more into the one player experience or couch co-op. Couch co-op I love, but nothing overline. Like I got so soured in the early stages when it was like the dark ages, as they say. You know what I mean? So, and now to go back and get my ass kicked, my ego can't take it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Explain to people what 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 like what's the fascination? How did RLCS all come about? Obviously, there's a community involved. Like, exp- explain to people who don't really know what esports is. All right, long-winded explanation coming right now. Go for um, it. <laughs> so, so esports is it's coming to its own. One thing that that um, I want to say off the bat for anybody, and this is a common mistake that that people will make. Um, okay. We're just trying to spread the good word when you're spelling esports. It is one word. It's not e hyphen sports. It's not e or uh, you know um, capital S sports. It's just e sports, and you capitalize it if it's at the beginning of a sentence. That's it. Perfect. I gotta get that out of the way right away. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Sports. When I had Marissa on, she said the exact same thing. So yeah, okay, good. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of her. I'm proud of her. Perfect. Um, but yeah, no. So it, it, it's uh, that's esports. Esports just you got to think of it as its own thing. You know, a lot of people see mm. e. I'm like, oh, it's electronic sports. That's not what it, we're trying to do. Esports is its own thing with its own culture, and it, it's uh, events are and everything's run completely differently. It right. it shares almost nothing in common besides competition, 
with traditional sports. Of course. Um, so esports, uh, esports is this this wonderful world um, that has given so many different people that would never have had a voice a voice. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes it's annoying because you don't want to hear that person, but you know, <laughs> it's great because you you see these these kids that you know have, you know maybe been had rough times through their lives, mm-hmm. been put down, bullied, whatever, sure. making a name for themselves and, and getting to discover what it's like to to be in that spotlight. Um, and I think some are discovering that it's also harder than it looks to be in the spotlight and have to deal with people, you know, putting their focus on you. Of course. Um, but it, it's cool because it's it's this world of people forming communities. Uh, and then the, the way I always explain it is that sports are always sports. Baseball, soccer, football, hockey, they're all s- sports inherently. You can't play hockey and not be playing a sport competitively. They're, yeah. they're in- inherently competitive by design. But um, all esports, all video games are not esports. You know, there are, you know, even Fortnite, I'll put it as an example. Fortnite, you can just play it casually. I know a bunch of people that just play Fortnite on their Xbox, PlayStation, whatever. Mm, okay. And they just play it, you know, for an hour a night, and then that's it. That's right. the end of it. You know, that's their world. That's their experience with Fortnite. But then there's communities that evolve, like these sub-communities that evolve in that, and that's usually the esports scene. Mm. And those scenes are the ones that take the game, they <laughs> analyze, they speculate, and they state, what is the most efficient way to play and win? And that is called the meta. So the meta is, is the fastest and, and most efficient, as I said, way to to accomplish a task. Okay. So people start working together, creating videos, saying, hey, I found this thing. If you do this, it's faster than walking. If you do this, you can gotcha. build this quicker. You know, So they, they find these quick ways to do these things to be able to overcome the competition. Mm-hmm. And that's the esports scene. Um, they, they then compete against each other. They try to be the best, and, and then many celebrities start to pop up. So every video game can have an esport, but not every esport uh, it is you know it's not not every video game is inherently an esport. Okay. Um, so a lot of times it, it just comes from people m- making that that community themselves, mm-hmm. um, and then we call that grassroots. The okay. and, and the, some of the best and most successful esports have started as grassroots communities wow. without support from first party developers. Now we're seeing in today's day and age s- uh, support from first party developers. So the company that makes the game mm-hmm. will also run a league. Before that, it was just people like myself, like I used to run events for Smash Brothers Melee. Nice. Um, and and I, it was just out of my own pocket. It was you know, it was all run by me and, and a couple of friends. And we did that. If we made money, it was up to us to make money, right? There was, gotcha. there was no support behind us. Right. Um, nowadays, for the RLCS, you know, it started as a grassroots thing. For a good five, six months, there was, uh, or actually it was more than that by the time it started, but there was uh, a grassroots community that said, whoa, Rocket League is really like this is fun. We can compete against each other in this. Like it's just, it is kind. Of, it is the closest to a sport, a traditional sport, right? Um, that you'll get with a video game because it's you know it's soccer with cars. So mm-hmm. it is inherently a competitive game. You can play it casually and not be a part of the esports scene, but um, more likely than not, you're going to hear about the esport because of the nature of the game. Of so Cyanics so went along and they're like, we've always wanted to do esports. We have a great grassroots community. Let's support this firsthand. So they put. Their, their money into the esports scene to develop a league. And then that league, they, they built a studio. They then fly out casters like myself um, to then commentate over the game in a, in a studio. Um, so that's how, how Rocket League came about. You know, it's like they saw the great grassroots community. We had already been running tournaments ourselves. Right. And then we got that. There are esports that, that are still run by 
um, just community people. So any Valve is a company. They also make Steam for your uh, like on the computer. That's where you download a lot of games from. So Valve um, made a few games. One's called Counter Strike. Made it for that one. Of course, that's um, a big one. <laughs> and then Dota is the yep. other one. Dota Two. Mm-hmm. So um, both those scenes had grassroots scenes, and they still technically kind of do. Valve steps in to run the big world like the world's events a lot of times, okay. but the events leading up to that, it's like a circuit system. Mm. They are very hands-off. They they just let the private organizers organize events, right. but they're still some of the biggest events, and then they support that final thing. So it's kind of a hybrid um, thing. So it's it, there's so many different types and wow. ways to do an eSport, and no one's figured out the perfect way to do it. And that's why right. we haven't ex- completely blown up in the eSports world. That industry is still... Um, it's still maturing. It's still in its early years. Yep. I mean, it's esports have been around for a long time, but this is now when a lot of money's being sunk in that we can actually start to try new things um, and and see you know what's the best way to run an esport to maintain longevity. So um, that's kind of just a gist of what the scene's looking like right now. What esports are? Um, they're just at the end of the day. If I want to shorten it down, it's just people uh, doing something. Or being the best at something and people watching that and, and celebrating that. It's, it's, it'd be right. no different, you know, watching a, a juggler uh, that's really good at juggling and being like, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, watching YouTube videos of that. And it's like, that's the person that, this, that is the best at doing what they do. And it's the same with esports, you know. I think we just have an, uh, a natural, um, we're just inclined to, to watch people who are really good at something, that have put a lot of time into something and mastered something. Um, and to the outside world, it can look weird. Cause you're like, oh, it's just a guy playing video games. I can right. do that too. Yeah, but you're not. You don't understand the the work and the community effort that's gone into this. You know, looking at the meta, like the amount of community effort that goes into defining how to play the esport the most efficiently is is the coolest part. And that's a part that the outside scene misses. That's the part that right. the the casual audience doesn't see and doesn't understand that build up as to why these players are so good. Why is this guy better than this guy? Well, because he does this thing that was discovered last year, but it was based off this thing, and there's a whole history of why that player plays that way um, that gets missed out on. So um, if, if you're gi- diving into an eSport, you have to start to understand a bit of, first off, how the game works. I think you, you definitely need to play the game. Um, and the good thing is most it's very easy to play games. You know, It's a lot easier than jumping into, say, hockey. Right? Because hockey is a very expensive base level to jump into. Right. Um, Right, so it it's it, it's a lot harder to, to just dive into that. So hockey and and all these other sports do inherently have to have a more simplistic approach. Can I watch this and understand what's going on without knowing the history? Um, and sports do that, and I think that's actually why Rocket League is an incredible thing. There is that that dive of meta that you can get into and in the growth, and you can see oh, this season this is what teams were doing. This season this is right. what teams were doing, and you can go back and see that rich history. But you can also just look at the game and be like, I understand it. This guy, this team has to put the ball in the other team's net. Mm-hmm. As simple as that. I think it'll help if you play the game to understand the physics. Of it'll course. make what they're doing more impressive. But um, I think it's that's why Rocket League is amazing because it's it's got that that balance of like you know you don't know the game but you can still watch it and understand to a degree what's going on here. No, most definitely, and at least in okay, I always made fun. Okay, like in esports is a bit different because at least there, it's a competition or something involved. There's uh, uh-huh. purses at the end of it, but I never understood. I guess being from my generation, being forty now, I don't. Un- I never understood the kids who watch other people play video games on YouTube. That it never. I it doesn't. I can't seek into me because I would rather be playing that game. 
than watching someone play that game. Unless you're stuck or you're looking like at some something to get through or some secrets, okay, that's fine. But no, these kids literally will just watch someone play a whole level just to pass time. And that I that could never sink into me. I don't know why. Yeah. So I, I'll and, and if I don't, I don't. That's that's cool. I ever you're you know you're allowed to, to not get it. But I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to explain why some of these okay, different reasons do. that people okay yeah. I, so there there are so many different different reasons. You explained one of them right there. It's like okay, I'm stuck on this level. I don't know what to do. How do I do yeah. this? See I that I because I, I I do it myself. Like I'll be playing a video yeah, game and yeah. I'm like oh I don't want to keep wasting time. So I'm just gonna check out uh, if someone's posted a YouTube video and that's it done. Yeah, so the the other reasons, um, one of them is entertainment. I mean, like, it's no different than, than watching, you know, like a late night um, host, you know, talk about um, a, a news thing or whatever. It's just the guys being entertaining, talking about what's happening in the video game. And then there yeah. are some really funny, there are a lot of unfunny people out there that are of like, course. why would you watch them? <laughs> but that just goes with, with everything. There are comedians I don't like that I'm like, why would you watch them? Yeah, right? Definitely. So it's like, yeah, enter, entertainment's it's a, objective, a big right? part of it. It's all subjective, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So entertainment's a big part of it. Um, and then another one is, again, if someone's uh, good at a game. So okay. a lot of times people watching, they'll watch pros, which is the same as watching the eSport. You're just watching a YouTube version of it and, and their perspective. Like, okay, okay. I'm going to watch him to try to learn the things he does so then I can get better at my gameplay. Okay. So you're learning something from them, okay. right? That makes sense, um, yes. The other thing is uh, there are actually uh, a good amount of people, say, you know, kids, a, a big audience that watches it are, is a younger audience, you know, early teens yeah. and that. And um, a part of it could just be they either a, can't afford games, their kids, they can't buy games, or their parents sure. won't, can't afford them. So instead of, you know, they hear this new big game that came out, you know, Death Stranding just came out, or right. a new FIFA came out, or like, you know, whatever game came out, it's like, they want to see it, but they can't experience it. They don't have friends that have it. So they get online and they go and they watch their favorite YouTuber and they watch them play through it. And it's like they get okay. to experience that game then as well. And I think that's the big the big one, the big perspective that a lot of people don't think about because right. you know, a lot of us can afford games, but there is a good chunk of kids out there. Yeah, they, again, they can't buy their own games. They're kids, right? No, so. of course. No, I totally... Okay, that last one I get. The first one, entertainment value, watching someone doing comedy. Okay, I can't do comedy myself per se, so I'll watch someone Same. do it. <laughs> I could play video games, so I would rather play video games, but I never looked at it through a lens of someone who either A, can't afford it, or a kid who de- doesn't have it, or w- mm-hmm. w- whatever reason. Th- that I guess from that perspective, I get it. Mm-hmm. That makes there's, sense to me now. There's another one, too, and this goes to streaming as well, is, you know... I, a lot of time kids is, and this has always been the thing you know like the the nerd culture growing up too I was the right. same you know it's just like I didn't I didn't get out and talk to people as much right you know and there's okay. some people that don't have those social skills or haven't developed those social skills so right. they can't get out but being able to watch a YouTuber one on one it almost feels like you're watching your friend play mm. um, same with streaming it feels like you can create a connection right. and I've, I've heard a lot of stories and people have said it to me too watching my streams like hey man I had a bad day today but I came in and and your positivity lifted my spirits. I'm feeling a lot better now. Thank you for streaming. Gotcha. Thanks for having that attitude. And and uh, it's, it gives them something to kind of ground themselves and connect back to a human with. Obviously, sure. face-to-face, you know, f- like uh, is better human contact. Like actually being with somebody beside you is better. But still yeah. having someone there is a lot better than, you know, going into your dark room with your dark thoughts and having no one there to kind of outlet to. So I think that's another aspect that, that a lot of people miss out on is there, there are a lot of people – um, they are, are growing, they're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're going through the changes in their life. Their, their brains are still developing their, uh, there's mental illness and people right. want to have a way to connect to someone 
but they haven't really, they don't know how to go out into the, the actual world and, and do that yet. So I think it's a, it's a good outlet for them to be able to gain a little bit of more strength to get through their day. Cause again, I've, I've had a few people say it to me and a few people, um, say it to, uh, to other people, uh, that I've seen before in comments. So that's another, another aspect that I also think it's overlooked because, you know, we're, we're doing a podcast We're people, we're people that talk, right. you know, so we don't see that as often. And most people, uh, don't have, you know, a, a plethora of those mental illnesses. So they don't mm. understand what some of those people are going through. So I think that's of another course. chunk of demographic that, that ends up watching these videos too. No, that makes sense. No, you've pretty much covered it all. Okay. One more question about esports, and then we'll move on. <clears throat> okay. This is very daunting for someone, especially myself. I'm sure the young ones know, but say someone like me or even a little bit young, say we'll say an age group from 30 to 40. We'll stick to that. That wants to get into e-games, but is scared, doesn't know how to like, like at least in other sports, you know you got to start off at the lower levels and you move up. Like, how do you get your foot into esports? How do you join a team? How do you get into a league? Like, how does all that work? Uh, two things. Uh, one, <laughs> I'm gonna call you up for saying e games. Sorry, uh, esports. Yeah, no, I'm doing. Yeah, please you told do. Me to before this, I'm going yes, to. Yes, <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, we'll get you on on this. Just, yeah, e esports um, or just gaming. Um, but uh, the. Um, the best way to do it is just do it. So if okay. it, it, there's one thing, a lot of so I, I take a lot of Ubers. I end up talking to a lot of people right. uh, on my trips, and that, and uh, they always say, "Oh, my kids play in this game, in this game," you know. And uh, I've seen some of the prize pools that now. Right. One thing I always say is make sure the kid though is putting in the quality time. You know, you can go out and do a, a soccer field and kick a ball around, you know, but it, it's it's only going to get you so much. You'll get more right. familiar with the ball. But you're actually practicing the things you should be. You're practicing on the footwork. You're practicing on your shots. You're practicing on passing. There's so many other things. So there, it's very easy to spend your time playing video games not right, like not playing them right. And this True. is why I tell people, watch the pros. If you really want to get better, watch the pros. Um, but just jumping in, just getting in for the first time ever, you, you found a game you really like. Right. Man, I love this game. I want to I want to see if I'm the best. I want to play other people. I want to see if I'm the best. Sure. Two things you got to do is find out if it's online. Most games are nowadays. Mm. Um, it's more if more of like the FGC, the fighting game community, right. like Street Fighter and Smash Brothers. That those guys will end up going, you know, traveling to, to play each other. They do have online, but they prefer traveling and, and playing at, at um, land tournaments and stuff. Okay. But basically, go online and just search. Literally, you you, you picked a game, search mm. search game title. Uh, esports or game title tournament, uh, game title competition, and then mm-hmm. <laughs> look for that competition. See if there's stuff. See if there's tournaments to plan. And the biggest, uh, the biggest resources you can get is uh, uh, subreddits. So I'm sure you've oh. heard of Reddit. Of course. Um, Re- esports is all on Twitter and Reddit. Those are our two main mm. like forums for discussion when it comes to esports. Gotcha. Um, and at every video game and every esports scene has. A subreddit. Oh. So if there is an esports scene, there will be a subreddit for it. Yeah. All you got to do is search that video game esports subreddit. So you know, search Rocket League esports subreddit, right? And <laughs> it'll bring it up. There's actually two subreddits. There's the Rocket League subreddit and the esports subreddit. Mm. Um, so the and a, and a lot of scenes will have that. So Reddit is one of the biggest resources. Go in there, find out what people are saying. Just read through. Start to be a part of the community. You know, go in, gotcha. leave a few comments. Hey, I saw this guy did this thing that was real cool. Or I, I was trying to do this. What's the best way to do this? And then people will talk to you. People will help you because they love the scene. That's the coolest thing about the community is 
It's just a group of people that love one thing. Right. You know, there is some toxicity that can then come around too. Of course. But for the like most everything. part, it, most scenes, most scenes are pretty positive. Okay. Um, when you play the games, it's a bit different because it's a mix of the esports scene and the casual audience. Right. Um, so you can see a bit more toxicity there, just because it's the casual kids that are playing for an hour don't care, but they think everyone else sucks, so they yell hmm. at everyone else. Um, but most esports scenes are, are generally very positive environments. So that would be the first step. You know, say the game. You know, find the game that you really like and you, you're willing to grind. Go look for the subreddit. Um, and try to find tournaments that are being run and just start playing in them. You'll realize very quickly that you're not good at the game, and that's what will then separate whether you get better or not is that drive to say, I still want to be the best. Some people give up. Some people say, oh, man, I'm bad. I'm just going to go play another game Mm. because they don't want to face that fact. They don't want to deal with the fact that they're not as good as other people. But then there are some people that get that drive, and then they say, no, you know, I'm not going to stand for this. I'm going to keep, I'm going to push. I'm going to do, learn this new thing. I'm going to put an hour into training right now. And I'm going to learn that thing right here, right now. Um, and they do that. And some of those guys end up swinging up to the top and right. being pros. Um, and so it, it, it's once you find that out, you plan a tournament and you get that drive, you're already hooked. You're in, you're in the scene and that's, it's all history from there. You're just going to, you're going to pave your own way from there on out. So the steps are just find a subreddit, play the game, grind it, and accept that you're not going to be good right away. Well, of course, like anything, like there's, there's no like yeah. magical ball. Like I bring this up almost every episode now, like at least for the last few, that hard work does get you to the top. You just got to grind it, man. Yeah. I think, I think inherent skill does come into play too. Some people will learn quicker. Some people will be able to um, get to that spot faster. But I right. think like everyone will have that ability to get there. Some people Eventually. just might take a little more grinding. Of course. No, I, I totally get you. All right. I also mentioned you also host uh, Squad. What is Squad for yeah. those who don't know? Where I said you could watch it on Amazon Prime. Where else can you find it? What, what do you do on Squad? Yeah, well, uh, we're also on Jinx TV Canada. Oh, um, that's right. And I pre- we're also somewhere in the um, in Eastern Europe as well. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, um, uh, but uh, yeah, no, Squad, squad is a... Much more of a, a variety show. So when I'm when I'm doing an esports broadcast, okay. I'm there. We're reporting on it live, as if the you know like the games are happening there, right then and there. We have commentators. I'm on the analyst desk. We're breaking down plays that happen. Okay, now let's watch this next match. Um, you know, it's like it's like a full broadcast for a live sports uh, oh. sporting event. Okay. Um, the this show basically a lot of esports happen on the weekends. So what we do is we recap those. We bring people in. We say, hey, this thing, this thing, and this thing happened. This team won. Talk to me about that. Right. And they'll break down the stuff that uh, then and there, right? But it's it's the after the fact. It's like we're, we're covering and recapping. It's it's news. So it's more news. But we'll also cover the, the casual side. You know, this these games are releasing. This news piece happened. Okay. You know, this, this game just dropped. Um, let's talk about it kind of stuff. And we do gameplay as well. So it's more of just a variety esports and gaming news show. Um, more so than an esports show. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, because again, most people don't know that you could still find some sort of video game produced show on television, right? So it's not all just online based. And, and most people associate it because what were you guys called before? I, I, it's, it... We were called Heads Up Daily before. That's it. <clears throat> yeah, yes. it, we're on Jinx TV and then we uh, did some rebranding, went on Twitch and uh, Twitch.tv and now we're back on Jinx TV and uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, exactly. And like I was saying, yeah, a lot of people probably associate it more with towards esports than it is, like you said, a variety show, right? So th- mm. that's awesome to hear that you guys do it all. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's good. We, um, we actually have a good, like on Twitter, we actually have a good uh, amount of people replying and stuff that are, are more nice. into that casual side of, <laughs> of gaming. So it's, it's definitely a good watch for, for anybody. Like we got, again, it's a bits and pieces of everything for everybody. It's an hour long show, um, on, uh, from uh, Tuesday to Thursday, um, of just video game culture, essentially. Um, Right. And a lot of bad jokes from me. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So what got you into video games? What was the thing? What was the game, the system, whatever it was? Do you have like a, an origin story of what got you into video games? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to see where it really got. I wasn't playing my whole life. Okay. Well, I guess I sort of was. I, I don't remember a lot of my years before 10. Um, I, was, I was out like, I played hockey. I played... Um, or like uh, I played baseball. I did okay. uh, mountain biking. I was uh, in kung fu. Like I did a lot of physical activities and stuff. Sure. Um, which uh, I want to get back into. I'm getting out of shape right now. <laughs> um, so I uh, yeah, I, I used to I used to do a lot of uh, physical activities. So I had less time for video games. But you know, every once in a while, we'd go over to my buddy's house. He'd have like Sega Master System or some right. Genesis, and we would just play. Um, so we always kind of had a system in the house. Um, my dad had a Super Nintendo, or I'm sorry, my stepdad had a Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, so I've been playing that, uh, you know, that was before ten. But it was like really went around like you know the Game Boy came out and the portability happened. and I was able to play oh, kind of anywhere. Right. That really allowed me to bring more interest into it. Um, both my dad and my stepdad had computers, so I could play games on those. Nice. And then around fifteen is when I really got hooked into it. Um, I, w- I always liked video games, and I, I get home from TV, and they had uh, G4 TV would have like video game tournaments on TV for like Halo and stuff, right? right. So I, I would get home and I'd be like, "Yo, this is sick!" Like Halo on TV, and uh, so I'd watch that, and I'm like, "That was my first like taste of competition." Okay, and those were those guys were my first like celebrities that I've seen in esports. <laughs> you know, Chris Puckett, the commentator, Walshy, one of the players, <laughs> um, and it was always cool to see those guys. I'm like, "This is this is the coolest thing." Right. Um, so then I got into Call of Duty um, a lot more. Everyone was playing Call of Duty, but I, I'm like, I, this is the first steps I was talking about. Is I'm like, I want to I want to compete against people. Mm. So I went online. I looked for stuff, you know, MLG, because that's what ran Halo, um, Major League Gaming. So, and then they had another right. site called Game Battles. And on Game Battles, you could sign up, join ladders, and play against other people. And, like, you know, top prizes would be, like, 50 bucks. You know, it was, like, oh, nothing. Okay. But, like, sure. You get points by playing other people. Of course, you set up your matches whenever you want, and um, and just play. Uh, so I, I started doing that a lot, just on my own volition. I'm like, I want to start playing people. I want to see how, how good I can be. So um, I was I was just uh, playing other people, just doing whatever. You know, that competitive mindset went over. I had a DS. I had Mario Kart DS. I, mm-hmm. I actually held multiple world records for the time trials. Actually, oh, wow. um, uh, me and my buddy would would. We would all go home that night, okay. do our time trials, and then we'd share our ghosts with each other in the morning because you could share time trial ghosts okay, yeah. and then try to beat each other's times. Right. And um, we would just always trade back and forth. So we kind of pushed each other to try new things. And we found new things, and this would be the meta, you know, snaking. We found you could drift back and forth, and the faster you hit back and forth, right. the faster your boost would come out. So you could just go down a straightaway, drifting the whole way, mm-hmm. boosting if you were quick enough. So our mechanics allowed us to boost the whole way. So we wow. started going faster and faster and faster. And um, we could dodge blue shells and stuff with that mechanic as well. Jeez. So it was like, 
um, we just pushed each other. And then from there on out, it was like, you know, I, um, I found, uh, um, the smash brothers scene by accident because, mm-hmm. uh, I worked at, I was working at bars and, uh, I want, uh, I wanted to put, um, uh, video games in the bar. A, a guy uh, came up to me. He's like, I was in the States. It was during the NHL lockout. And he's like, I was okay. in, I was in the States and they were running, uh, NHL bot games. The AI was just playing against each other yeah. and people were cheering on their teams, you know, <laughs> in the bar. So he's like, well, we should do something here. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try it out. We had some banquet rooms. Let's, let's try it out. Okay. So I would just have friends in, you know, I get like 10 to 20 people, sure. friends just hanging out, playing videos. But I'm like, I want, no one knew would join. Like no one, we didn't know would join. So I'm like, we got to make this competition. And so I, I, I went to the, the place, some local companies got some prize pool together and I'm like, what game would be good? You know what? Smash Brothers is pretty competitive. I played that when I was a kid. And uh, little did I know that this would change everything forever. Um, I I put a thing out. I made a poster and I said, here's a tournament um, for, you know, it's got like 100 bucks first place or whatever. Mm -hmm. 73 people came. Um, They traveled. So I live live in a town called Kitchener. And people traveled Mm -hmm. all around from, um, you know, some people, even from Windsor, I think. We had people from Toronto coming down all over the GTA and people came out just for this event. Right. It was super janky. We didn't follow any of the tournament rules or anything because I didn't know about it. But the cool thing is that community, they, a couple guys sat down with me afterwards and they said, hey, just so you know, this is usually how we do it. This is whatever, you know, these are the rules we use. Uh, here's how we, we run brackets. And they taught me everything. They could have just been, you know, like, screw this guy and been out, right? But they taught me everything. Right. And then I was able to run another one and another one. And we just got so successful running these events. Uh, every month we started doing weekly ones and we were getting like, you know, 40, 50 people every week to play this. Our monthlies got over, you know, like 120 people out. Um, so we were just running this, these events over and over. We did that, uh, from like 2012 to 2015. Okay. And then I'm like, you know, I was doing YouTube and stuff too, just for fun. And I'm like, I want to, sure. uh, I was doing a little bit of voice acting here and there, but I'm like, I want to cast, I want to, I want to do, um, and, and, and um, esports, we call commentary casting. Oh, um, okay. If you didn't know that, yeah. So if you ever hear someone say like, "Oh, I'm a caster," um, it's not like someone that puts magic spells on you. That, oh, <laughs> is a, a caster is a commentator. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah. So if you're, yeah, it's, I don't know why we do that. It's yeah. the weirdest. It's the, it's the weirdest phrase. I don't know, but it's an esports <laughs> thing. So, okay. now, so now you know. Um, but we would we would put. Uh, uh, oh, I want I want to do casting and and. Uh, so I'm like, but I don't, I don't know Smash Brothers well enough. I'm not good enough at it. Okay. Uh, but then Rocket League came out, and I'm like, whoa, this plays a lot like hockey. The rotations were were very much like hockey, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I've been playing hockey my whole life. You know, like uh, this makes sense to me. Um, and I'm like, everyone else is bad at this. Why is everyone bad at this? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get online and try to help people by doing commentary and breaking down people's plays. And so I got on. I just searched for tournaments, right. and, and and you know, I just started getting in with to just to shorten it up. I got in with all these people and. Uh, started talking. We all worked together, do tournaments. When Cyanox, the company, decided to make um, the event, I got picked as one of them, and, and then the rest is yeah. history from there. So, yeah, that's kind of like the journey of getting into video games. It was just, it was, a, uh, I guess, a lucky push that I had friends that were also competitive growing up. Okay. We always kind of um, subconsciously pushed each other to be better and better and compete. Um, and I think it's just with anybody, you know, it's that inherent competitiveness that drew me to trying to be better than other people that, that got me into this whole thing oh that's cool so gun to your head what's your favorite game of all time that is actually so hard because it's like it depends if you're talking you're talking esports are we talking um casual games you know like yeah let's go casual fa- because i'm a casual, casual gamer I, yeah let's do casual. I'm not gonna lie, one of my favorite games of all times is a game called flower 
Oh yeah, I, I'm it, familiar. Yeah, yeah, it's on it's on the PS3. Yeah, and it it just you're a flower collecting petals going through. The, I don't know. It's just something that spoke to me emotionally. You know. It, oh wow. It, yeah, it just drew something out. It, it it was very calming. It gave me a sense of relief, but it also kind of told a story without any words, mm. without any humans in it. It was just a flower okay. going through this world trying right. to fix everything. Yeah, I don't know. It was <laughs> it was the first time I realized that a video game could be more of an emotion than it was a game. Uh. And I'm like that. To me, it was really cool that the developers um, the the developers are called that game company. Right. They. Um, they, the fact that they were able to make a game like that just kind of blew my mind and showed me what video games really could do if if you put enough creativity to it. Um, and it wasn't just, you know, running around, shooting people and, and you know, winning. It was sometimes right. an experience. It didn't have to be about winning, right? No, I guess um, so. so that, yeah, that's why Flower is definitely up there as one of... One of my top games of all time. Oh wow, yeah, that's that. I would never have thought someone would ever put Flower as your top. See, right? <laughs> but I, I understand because you see what sort of did that for me. Even though there was action in it and stuff, but it was the the first Walking Dead that that came out. That thing just blew my mind because I was more invested in the story than because mm, I story, wanted yeah. to progress to see what happened next, not to sort of play it. Like I didn't. Even, if someone was to play, like, okay, I say I hate watching people play video games, but if someone played that video game, I would have just sat back and watched the whole thing unfold. I would have no problem because with that. Because it's story, yeah. Um, and there, there's some other games too, like the Uncharted series, Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Those games are so cinematic. Of course, that, yes. Um, those are games that you you can watch as a as entertainment. You, you don't even need to be involved. In, I really love playing and take control, so I you know I always want to jump in. But it's like it's a game you can sit back, watch the character development, watch the plot unfold, um, because they're treated as if they are you know big budget cinematic experiences, just interactable. Um, and that's what's pushing a lot of AAA titles um, right. nowadays. You know, like your Assassin's Creed, yep. um, Last of Us, all that kind of stuff, um, which is is really cool to see. You know, sometimes they 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 push more towards a casual audience, so they're easier to play. But I think what's really cool is you're you're getting into those games because of that cinematic experience, that that really um, in depth story, amazing writing. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think. Uh, it, again, that's another thing that that's another thing that games can be. Games aren't one specific type of no. medium, though. Like they can do so many different things that you know movies or books can't do, right? No, I get you. Like I said, hey, I, you're speaking to the choir on this. Like we even, yeah. I mentioned it on passing episodes too that it, in some instances, like even uh, what was it? What was the last big one? Uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. How much money it made opening weekend, and no one friggin' talked about it. Like you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like. Why didn't you? Like, it surpassed movie sales. Why wouldn't you talk about it? It's like, I don't know. It's like video games is uh, entertainment's ugly stepchild, right? Yeah. So here's, yeah, I mean, here's, here's the thing. Uh, once, once, uh, the, once the boomers are, are moved on and not controlling the media anymore. <laughs> Thank you. Well, uh, us, us nerds are going to rise up, you know. It's the, the, the millennials onwards are and in, in the Gen Z and that are great. And, right. and the Xennials too, you know. Uh, yeah. For that, the, those... Those are the generations that are eventually going to. You'll see it more when those generations have a bit more power and they're starting to to contribute because that's that's what we grew up in. You know, right. that's that's our world, and it's why are we ignoring it? You just Thank because you. a lot of people um, just ignore that stuff because they're just resistant to change. Yeah, and they don't actually want to listen to the other side. Yeah, you know, you can give them a good argument for why something exists, but they'll just be like, no, that's I don't like that. So you know, it's dumb. Um, yeah, they don't give two and uh, I think it's very important to, you know, something can be dumb, but like, I think it's very important to keep the open mind to it and, and yep. use logic behind your decision making on, 
under why something's dumb. So once once those guys are are, are moved on, we uh, <laughs> I'm trying to say it nicely, but once they're they're moved on, you know that you'll see a lot more of that stuff become more prevalent. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear it. I say it all the time to my wife. I can't wait till the boomers all retire. Seriously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> guys, relinquish relinquish power, please. We need to fix some things. You guys broke. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, so I didn't even mention this. While we're 42 minutes in, or whatever it is. And this is the 150th episode, 150th consecutive weekly episode, may I add. Wow. Congratulations. And thank you. And this is also the last episode of a decade. So we're going to be entering a new decade, 2020. So I want to know, I, it's so hard. I can't really say what's been the best thing in this past decade. So let's just do a year thing. What was your favorite video game of 2019? How about that? Oh my god, my favorite again. So this is also a really tough one. Um, but I, I think personally, from just when it comes to kind of viewing how video games, you know, I've talked about how I, I like I like medium that, that pushes things in a direction some people haven't, even if it's experimental and can be perfected better. Okay. But Death Stranding has to be the game that that really caught my attention really? this year. I mean, Death, Death Stranding. A lot of people look at it like, oh, it's a walking simulator. You know, it's, it's <laughs> okay. you know, and to some degree it is. But at the same time, I don't think that is inherently a bad thing, you know, mm. um, because it does it so well. There's something about it and, and the, the world that is built into the mystery behind it that, that right. Kojima's put in. I think Kojima did something really cool. And there's one thing about that game that a lot of people didn't talk about. Um, and it was the, the strand effect. So he wanted to create a strand game where basically people interacted with each other okay. while playing their single player experience. So in the game, you can build things like roads or zip lines or bridges and stuff. Okay. And then it'll show up in other people's games to help them out. Okay. Kojima That's really cool. thought there was an issue with today's day and age where, where people are becoming more separated, we're falling apart, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're working against each other more than we're working with each other to help each other out right. nowadays. Um, and he wanted to create a game where putting the work in helped other people. But it wasn't like it was tedious to help other people. It, you actually felt like you benefited from it. And one way he did it was by showing how addicted to likes we were. Basically, you can get likes in the game. Right. And and uh, those likes can level you up. So, you know, if I put down a bridge or someone else puts down a bridge, okay. when I come up to it, I can press a button. And for 10 seconds, I can just spam it as much as I want oh. and like that bridge. Yeah. And it'll notify that player that I like their bridge, you know, 200 times. And they'll get 200 likes for it. Okay. And then, um, so... When they uh, get likes, they can level up. So it actually helps to help other people. You know, if I put down this bridge and people like this bridge, it's a good bridge, I can level up in my own game. So it was a really cool way of forcing people to work together and enjoy it at the same time. Um, And it's something that, again, just games are kind of don't do. It's either you're just playing a single-player game or you're playing a game online against other people. Where's where's this work together to accomplish a goal um, mentality that... And I think Death Stranding was a very cool way to kind of punch it into people's faces that, you know, it's not about gameplay, all about gameplay. And the gameplay is fun, but it's sometimes it's about that experience that you get to share with other people and mm-hmm. this journey that you get to help each other along. And I thought that was, that was a really cool, a really cool message. Um, and, and it also shows some people that are stuck in their room, you know, like you go home from work and you have, you don't have any friends and you just get online and play games. Right. But what that game did is it showed you that there are other people around the world mm-hmm. doing the same thing as you. You're not alone in this. There are other people in their rooms doing the same thing, working with each other. Um, and sure it's through a video game, sure it's through online, but it shows this connectedness that you're not alone. You don't have to worry about that. And it, right. it's a little, a little bit inspirational. Um, 
in, in a sense too. So you know, as 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 there are flaws in the game, um, but I do think it was it was a very very cool way to kind of break the mold um, of video game making. And the fact that they made it in three years also really? blows my mind. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that is a very fast turnover for a game of that scale. Wow, but I totally get where you're coming from. I'm a huge supporter of like helping each other in video games, having like mm-hmm. more co-op versus competitive. Like I'm a huge fan of like the Borderlands series just for that, where you help each other, you uh, drop yeah, yeah. each other, help you like speaking of communities going online, telling each other secrets, how to mod out stuff, right? All that type of yeah. cool stuff. Even uh, going back to the Genesis days, I'm playing the retro or the mini Genesis now and Toe Jam and Earl right there alone where you go yeah. split screen and you go and you try and figure out where all the parts are in the different places of the world and you share presents. Like I love that cooperation and it's true uh-huh. nowadays you don't see that in video games. It's lacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I think you might like is, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, it's called ADD, uh, ADGQ, All Games Done Quick. Okay. Um, or sorry, all AGDQ. It's a, it's a confusing time. <laughs> all sure. Games Done Quick. Okay. Basically, they do it a few times a year. It's a charity event that they run to raise money for Children's Hospital. Okay. Um, and they often, each event, they raise like a million or two million dollars. It's, oh, it's wow. actually really successful. But what it is, is it's a speedrunning community. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of speedrunning. So what they do yeah. is it's these people that have gone into these games and tried to figure out ways to break the game and beat the game as fast as possible. Right. But they have these huge communities working together to build off of things, to to try to break it and further. You know, someone will do something crazy, but they can't recreate it. So they'll put a bounty out. Hey, I'll pay someone $1,000 oh. if they can figure out how I did this. Right. Because I don't know how I did this. How did this work? What can we do here? Um, so ADGQ is really cool because uh, what it does is it's people will sit on the couch, they'll mm. do their speed runs, but they'll explain the speed run as they go along and what yeah. happened, you know, who discovered this. This guy discovered this while helping this guy to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why we're able to phase through this wall over here. And they do a lot of older games too, uh, like your games from your Super Nintendos and, and stuff oh, okay. like that. Um, so it's it's really fun to watch. One of the most popular ones is Super Mario uh, World on the N64. Makes sense. Um, yeah, so that, that uh, so yeah, Super Mario, uh, Super Mario 64. Um that's a really fun one to watch. And you can probably go online uh, on Twitch right now and find people doing speed runs for different games. But yeah, AGDQ, um, whenever you see that coming around, see when the next event is, um, you might enjoy that because it's people working together to be this game as fast as possible. And and they'll usually explain what's going on. So it's very easy for a casual person to watch. Perfect. No, I'll make sure to check it out for sure. And one last thing about Death Stranding, because everyone I've had on from since this game has dropped, that's in the video game industry has loved it, but I'm very skeptical I was not a fan of Red Dead Redemption 2. Again, I found it very much tedious, too many small things to do. Now, as a, now as you know, I don't like Red Dead Redemption. Do you think I would enjoy something like Death Stranding? So it's, okay, so it's, I'm going to off the bat say no, but I'm going to just explain it <laughs> out and let you decide for yourself. Okay, sure. You know, the, one, the, one, the reason Death Stranding was cool is because for me it was, uh, it showed me so, so many different things that, can be done in games and i hope other games start to pick up on and, and implement these mechanics but for me it was it's a, it's it's all about like inventory management like okay. you're delivering packages but when you're walking you're not just holding forward you if you walk on uneven ground your guy will start to tip and you have to press your shoulder button to pull your straps in to walk you know tilt the other way so you're always managing something eventually you get motorcycles eventually you get vehicles mm-hmm. um to help you out along the way so you can go places faster but um, I think for some reason what, what was weird is I, I ended up finding myself um, – I think it's, it was more of the OCD effect in me where I'm like I need to 
clear as many of these packages and as clear as many of these things from the screen as possible in one run. So I challenge myself to try to get from this point to this point, knowing that, you know, there are bad guys there. There's a huge mountain I got to climb. So I got to bring extra stuff, but all the extra stuff you bring is actual physical stuff on you. If you want to bring a ladder, it's not just something in your inventory. A lot of games are like, oh, you can have 20 swords and, <laughs> you know, you got it in these medicines and potions and stuff. Sure. And it doesn't affect how you move, right? But in this, you have to carry everything. It physically oh. adds on to the weight that you're carrying and moving around. So okay. it is a, I'll tell you, a majority of the game is inventory management um, and then trying not to fall over. <laughs> um, so <laughs> okay. it, and the story is wild. The story is crazy. Okay, so um, at least there's a good story. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's very out there (laughs) it's very it's very like what the hell is going on um but i i recommend it and i think it changes when you actually play it at the same time i also will know that it's not for everybody um i just started playing red dead so i can't tell you the similarities personally yeah i just started i've got google stadia so i'm playing it on there um and uh uh, so I can't make a direct comparison. I would just say it might not be if you don't like the small tedious things, but mm-hmm. I do feel like, yeah, Red Dead probably has a lot more of those tedious things because, you know, skinning rabbits and, and stuff like that, right? Right. Um, so I could see that being annoying. But I feel like Death Stranding does those tedious things in a way that make it feel important. Okay, that's you good. Know? Yeah, because I asked the same thing. Again, I, was, I mixed up all my guests, and plus I get hit in the head a lot, so that's why I forget that's stuff. <laughs> But I was talking to one too, and they said the exact same thing. Because the question I asked is, is this just mindless wandering, or is there a purpose to this wandering? You're like, no, 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 no. Everything you do, in, in, like, there's some, there's some kind of outcome. Like, you're not just wandering yeah. for no reason. You're not just lost all the time, right? And I think that's the important thing is there. There's nothing in the game that's bloat. There's nothing in the game that you don't. Even in the game, sometimes you'll have to go to the bathroom. You'll take a piss, or you'll <laughs> well, take a dump. Okay. <laughs> they, they they found out that the in that game they found out that your bodily fluids affected the BTs, which are like these things from the other side, from the other world that are coming through. Right. So they make literal poop grenades and pee grenades out of your bodily fluids. So going to the bathroom makes ammo for you, right? Yeah. So it's like um, it, it it was everything matters. Everything you do, picking up this package, dropping a package, it's all very important to to the overall picture. Which is, which I think was great again because you know you point. It's like so many games have so many arbitrary and tedious, tedious things. You're like, do I have to do this again? No, I, so I think yeah. Death Stranding did a good job of minimizing on the things that were unnecessary. Okay, perfect. So you know what? How about this? To be fair, I'll wait until it's 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 on discounted pricing, and, that's and then a I'll good get idea. it. Good idea. <laughs> then I'll be safe that's, that's all the way around. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a good call. Wait till it's on discount if you're unsure, but um, I think you'll be surprised how different it is than watching it. Okay, it's it's a completely different experience from watching it. Perfect. Well, before we get into the dumbass of the week, and I let you go, this is also the DP Award nomination ceremony. So you'll be present as I run down some of. I have six categories this year. Finally, it's all all the information is coming out. You'll be able to vote online. It's going to be in a Google form, so you can vote as many times as you want. I don't care if if the nominees want to cheat. That's on your conscience, not mine. Go for it. <laughs> I really don't care. <laughs> so check out the Twitter. Check out the Instagram. Those are the two main ones where we will lead you right to the links and do all that stuff. But six categories. I'll start off with the first one. The first category is the award for favorite artistic guest of the year. So this is anything from, I guess, being a filmmaker to acting to whatever in between. So pretty much the miscellaneous of the group. <laughs> yeah, fair. 
So I had Hilton Ariel Ruiz, filmmaker, John Charles, painter, Ruben Ocean, music producer, Count Classy, recording artist, Sire and J Chord, recording artists, Kyle Hester, actor, Jason Baker, special makeup effects artist, and Mark Little, who is also an actor. That's the first category. Then we'll move on to the second category, which is the award for favorite podcast host or host. So if you have your own podcast or you host a podcast, this is your category. I have returning champs, Max and Jesse from Gato 5, Brian Fonseca from Ain't Hard to Tell, Benjamin Banks and Travis from Leveling Up, Andrew Chavone and Stephen Rogers from Panic Attacking, James Camacho from I'm Just a Kid, Kevin Ryan from Hard Feelings, and Adam Hunter from MMA Roasted Podcast and the Daddy Issues Podcast. Let's go on to our third category. Are you familiar with any of these people, by the way, or am I just boring you? <laughs> uh, I, I actually don't know uh, many of them, but I, I didn't know if you still need to list them out, so I'm letting you go. <laughs> Perfect. We'll eventually get to the category, hopefully you know. <laughs> so let's go with favorite comedian that's been on this past year. Lisa Feingold, Michelle Shaughnessy, Pete Johansson, Sarah Rin, Tommy Campbell, Ronnie Pascal, Brian Lloyd, Stephen Pratt. Moving on to the fourth category, let's do favorite MMA guest. Patty the Batty Pimblet, the Spartan Elias Theodoro, Leo the Lion Kuntz, Malcolm X. Gordon, Sam Hands of Stone Stout, the Monkey God, Jared Brooks, the GM of Extreme Couture, Jason Gaudet, and Andy the Crasian win. Now let's go to one of my favorites. We'll say the Favorite Wrestler of the Year Award. So I've had this year on RJ City, Tyson Dukes, Sebastian Suave, TJ Perkins, PCO, Crazy Steve, Psycho Mike Rollins, and Alexia Nicole. And lastly, this one you must know people in. This is the Favorite Video Game Personality Award. Let's see if you know any of these people here. We have Jose Sanchez, Shane Lewis, Steve Tilly, Rayon Ali, which is the author of NBA Jam the Book, Nikki and Steph, Mr. Victor Lucas, and lastly, yourself, Brody Moore. Uh, yeah, actually, I knew a couple of those. Um, uh, Shane Lewis, yeah, I actually, um, I've known him for, for uh, quite a bit. Um, Victor, uh, I've also known um, just a little bit, just mostly in passing. But Marissa knows um, him a lot better than I do. Of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I used to watch, again, back on G4 TV with right? Electric Playground, Victor, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, Being Canadian, who doesn't know Victor? <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? But yeah, no, Shane, Shane Lewis is a good friend of mine. Uh, he lives not too far from me, actually. Um, oh, perfect. we talked before. But yeah, he's a great, great, great content creator on YouTube. No, he is. And I love that his background's Portuguese, like myself, so it was a perfect podcast. Oh, there you go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those are your nominees. Those are all the people nominated. And I'm also going to have, I hate to do this, because then this is mostly a competition of who is the best, because I like to have favorites, because, again, su- su- subjective, whatever. But mm-hmm. I might do, like, out of... Well, just, well, you know, I'll run down like the top five favorite or most listened to podcasts of the year. How about that? So you'll have a disadvantage on this because you'll only have a week to catch up to everyone else. So, yeah, 
<laughs> you might have got this one. So, throw me, throw me in the wrestling category. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, have you ever had a professional wrestling match? If you have, maybe I will. Uh, no, I'll go do one now. That's just to get in. <laughs> so pretty much now, as of this recording, the top five of this year would be the Patty the Batty episode. Also, the video game soundtracks episode. This is I had my co-host on, and we just riffed on our favorite video game soundtracks of games from past. Another one was with uh, actor Mark Little, also stand-up comedian, wrestler Crazy Steve, and lastly, comedian Brian Lloyd. So those are like the top listened to of 2019. So maybe they'll get an award if I feel like it, or if I forget. If I feel like it. If I forget, <laughs> so be it. What can you do? It is what it is. As you can tell, this is not very well thought or well produced over here. <laughs> hey, that's all about it. Again, I mean, like a lot of a lot of awards and stuff come down to you know like subjectivity and and just uh, you know you know who's even on the nominees in the first place and that. So, um, so I, I, I would the category I'm in is pretty stacked. So I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna get my butt kicked on this one for sure. Like I said, you could cheat. So get to it. <laughs> well, I, ain't gonna, I ain't gonna cheat. I ain't gonna cheat. I'll, I'll send my homies over, but. Um, <laughs> No, I, I just I feel like you know I just uh, especially from uh, from the I, I love the other guys in there too, so I think they they all deserve it too. But um, it's uh, especially if it's a popularity contest, I think those guys are going to win. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. We'll see. <laughs> hey, we'll see. We'll see. So, y'all ready for the dumbass of the week? You ready for this yeah, character? Okay. Usually, I start with a little spiel, or I talk about something, or try and incorporate it because all of us have done stupid stuff in our lives, and so we could sort of relate, right? Oh, yeah, of course. But this one's just out of this world because I've never shoved anything up my nose. So where this is leading to already, who knows, but... Right. (laughs) I'm assuming it would hurt and you would... Okay, how about this? This is fair to say. If you shove something up your nose, even if you haven't, I assume you would notice or you would feel it eventually, correct? You would assume? Well, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you put a finger up there, you're already going to notice. Thank you, right? Exactly. Okay, so everyone knows now in Canada, cannabis is legal. You could smoke weed. It's all good up here. So, someone went to jail 18 years ago and decided it would be smart to put some weed inside a little balloon and snort it up their nose to smuggle it into jail. Okay. Now, here's the kicker. He thought he swallowed it and then ended up passing it because obviously the nasal canal, all that is all connected, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, He never ended up passing it. And then 15 years later, he started getting a headache to the point where it took him another three years to go to the doctor to find out what's wrong. They do an x-ray. Can you believe that fucking balloon was stuck up his nasal passage for 15 goddamn years? I can, I, so I can believe this. The thing about, like, you actually be surprised how big the nasal cavity is. Like, there, there is a large area behind, just under the eye, behind okay. that, the, um, the cheekbone there. There, there is a good amount of area there that, uh, that, that could fit in there. It's just, to me, it's, I think that, dumbest part is that he took three years to go to a doctor no 15 to, years oh yeah no sorry yeah you're right three years after the pain yeah okay gotcha yeah, right? yeah, yeah like like once you start feeling it's like all right you know like yeah, honestly even after a month of like sinus pain i'm like yo i probably got an infection i gotta get this this checked out but, but he put <laughs> three years is is more of a dumb thing i get people do dumb things going in, into into prison well, i mean you, you probably did something in the first place to go to prison but it's right? like but it's like you know people do dumb things to get stuff in there and try to you know alpha dog themselves and stuff and i see if you can provide people with some uh some drug they can't get when you first go in there that could probably help you out but um but it's the it's the three years he took 
to actually get someone to check on it to make sure that it wasn't something else. like what what if that was what if it was like a tumor or something you know right? it's like you, you gotta get that checked when, what I actually want to know is what they ended up doing with that bag. Was the weed still good? Did he throw it out? Was it moldy? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I wouldn't be asked for it after. He's just like, hey, actually, can uh, can you not throw that out? I need that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, but then again, how strong was weed 15 years ago? Probably not as potent as today's standards. So who oh, knows? my God. It's, it's, yeah, it's so potent nowadays. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's hilarious! So this I, guy I, is a dumbass. I, guess, yeah, I mean, that was. Uh, I guess the the rubber is pretty like thick. If the, if the balloon's not blown up or anything, or, or packed too tightly, I mean, like it can't right? be that big if, big if it's in his one up your nose. Well, yeah, but, exactly. I, I would assume he probably. And for him to say that he thought he swallowed it and passed it, where you can't really see it. So yeah, it was probably maybe one of like those little miniature balloons or something, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I'm sense. like, but the, usually then it's thinner too. I'm, I'm surprised. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Oh well, but he is a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna agree with you on that one. Again, if you if you feel pain, especially he was a Canadian too, right? No, this is uh, Australian. This is Australian. Okay. Well, no, they also have health care too. Do they? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure they have universal health care coverage. So if you're not going to the doctor <laughs> and you don't got to pay for it, what are you do? Why are you taking so long? <laughs> I don't know, man. I have no idea. Trust me. I say it all the time. Even people here in Canada, we have, like we said, free healthcare. At least stuff that's covered under HOEP, it's majority yeah. of it. Go to the hospital. You feel something? Go. Don't wait, man. What's wrong with you? Yeah, I mean, like, or I get it. I'm doctor. lazy, too. And I've definitely put things off before, but it's like, you know, if, if, if I get, you know, I have a cough or something, I'm like, after like a month. Yes, thank I'm, you. I'm, go- I'm going in. I'm not waiting three years to <laughs> to see what's going on there with my lungs, you know? Yeah, I don't get it. Anyways, yeah, but again, that's why he's the dumbass of the week. There you go. <laughs> All right, before you plug your shit, I have one last question. Yeah. What are you looking forward to in this new decade, 2020? Anything on the horizon, video game-wise, personal-wise, anything you could think of? Oh, man. I'm, a few things I'm looking forward to, again, as I mentioned that at the beginning of the show, is that, that anime haiku is really motivating me. So I'm looking to jump into stuff. I got... I had an old Rocket League podcast that I ran um, that I haven't been able to get to in a while, so I'm going to try to get that going again, just talk about mechanics and meta and stuff. Right. Um, get that moving again. Try making some more YouTube videos. Um, I'm, I'm going to try, uh, you know, getting get a lot more in shape. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I've already started on that. Like, I don't I don't wait till the new year. I'm like, why start in the year when I can start now? So I'm already, gotcha. I'm already jumping on a lot of this stuff. Um, I got my guitars back out of storage, so I'm going to ch- jump into that. Just to oh, try to... Go get myself as well-rounded as many things as possible is kind of thing i'm looking forward to uh, a lot of but i'm i'm also again looking forward to just seeing how how big the the esports scene really pops off um and then unrelated to that i'm very much looking forward to um the uh spacex um mars they're planning on doing that in the next few years um i'm very much into space um so that'd be really great. And also just the advancements advancements in the Neuralink, um, another company that Elon oh, has no. called Neuralink. It's a, it's it. a brain-machine interface okay. um, that, that will allow you to just think about things and control your technology. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be an implant. sounds very uh, futuristic and scary, but uh, the actual technology behind it is really, really interesting. Um, and I think it's going to help. I think it's the next step in, in what humans need to be able to keep up with technology as it advances. So I think so um, too. The, seeing advancement in, the, in that will, will be really cool. But yeah, there's a lot of cool tech biomed just in general. We're going to have some really cool cures come out, especially with CRISPR genetic engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, they're already super close to, um, having, um, 
just being able to get a needle to make sure you can never get HIV. Yep. Um, we're so close to curing so many things. And I think in the next 10 years, you're going to see a lot of those things come to completion. Okay. Uh, which is going to be very exciting. Now you're talking my language. And if people don't know where CRISPR is, we're not going to explain it because it's way too long to <laughs> explain. So Google it. And I love yeah. it. You know what? I'll have you back in the future. And all we could talk about is futuristic tech, not even talk oh, about yeah. video games and, and go from there. How about that? <laughs> 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm actually 100% in, in for that. Okay. Per- oh, and another thing. Speaking of Mars, do you know right now that you're technically on Mars? I'm on Mars. You want to know how? On the last uh, whatever rover they sent over, the podcast is on that re- Mars rover with, with its plaque. Oh, yeah? You in space? I'm in space, my friend. The first podcast to ever be on Mars. Hell, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. It all ties together. That's a- <laughs> I love it. You got to think outside the box. I can be there ahead of my dreams. I want to go there eventually, but. Perfect. So where can people find you? Plug all your shit. Now's the time. Uh, uh, Yeah. uh, Just find me anywhere online. LeafX is my gamer tag. It's um, L-I-E-F-X. Just remember, like, LIEFX. L-I-E-F. Or you can search Brody Moore. You'll find my stuff, too. But Twitter, YouTube, um, Instagram, Instagram. Reddit. I'm mostly on Reddit and Twitter, but yeah, those are those are the places you can find me. And then, of course, um, on the RLCS, twitch.tv slash Rocket League, um, or just Squad State on Amazon Prime and Jinx TV Canada. That's awesome. And for myself, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter under Finga Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments at the podcast app at gmail.com. Remember, go vote as of this recording. As soon as this recording is live, I will post some kind of link, something. The voting will last one week and then I'll tally everything up. And then the following week, I think the second episode in 2020 will be the third annual DP Awards. So watch out for that. And uh, rewind to the top of the show, listen to all the sponsors, help me, helps them, all that fun stuff. Please rate, subscribe, review, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. All good, my friend? Awesome. Thanks for having me, dude. Not a problem. We'll, We'll have you back on for sure and talk about CRISPR some more. On that note, this is the 150th episode. Thank you very much for all those who listen, because if I know it's sappy to say, and I know it's corny, but if it wasn't for the listeners, I wouldn't be here, blah, 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 blah. So to another 150th, he's Brody, I'm Steve, this is the podcast, peace.